since the rise of the internet, a small group of corporations has predictably followed suit in their rise to power and dominance in the new world. They were, and sometimes are, still known as the GAFA, a term coined in 2012 with a somewhat pejorative undertone in a French newspaper. That would be Google, Apple, Facebook and Amazon. Now it's more like Gamma, Google, Apple, Meta, Microsoft and Amazon. Whatever the acronym, they're challenging the way that we see privacy, freedom of speech, fair markets and even personal identity. As it stands, they have a combined market value of nearly 7 trillion US dollars. Four years ago it was about 1.7 trillion, so as you can see, they've gained a lot of power in a relatively short time, and since their establishment in this new order, they've been a key driving force of an unprecedented amount of change in our lives, and a whole lot faster than regulation can keep up. The main general concerns surrounding Gamma include our privacy, how they use our data for profit, their impact on the environment, as well as their impact on social and political structures, as they arguably hold more power on a global scale than some governments, and in the past have even come under scrutiny for bullying banks. But the specific concern surrounding the digital marketing industry that we're discussing in today's episode is that of market fairness. When a handful of companies control such a large chunk of a market like this, they can do a lot of things that squeeze out healthy competition, having a potentially negative impact on those businesses, their employees and all of the consumers in between. Google's ruthless and incessant acquisition of its competitors, Amazon's legendary mistreatment of workers, Meta, formerly Facebook's, multiple security breaches and bold-faced sale of its users' personal data, and Apple's downright predatory manufacturing policies. And these are just a few examples. In the past, there have been a few regulatory endeavours that attempt to rein in some of this unbridled power, but nothing has really made a significant impact. Until recently, that is, at least potentially. Now, different countries have taken different approaches to these issues. In the US, there's been talk about how it might be possible to break up the larger companies into smaller, fairer chunks. And there is precedent for this, although not many cases and not always successfully. Apart from Standard Oil in 1911 and AT&T in 82, as well as a failed attempt at Microsoft in the 90s, America's standard response in the face of monopolies has been a staunch no-action approach. China has handled it by flat-out banning the big American companies and encouraging their own internal equivalents to flourish, which actually is pretty effective, if only a unique possibility to China. In Europe, traditionally the approach has been to engage and contain by imposing heavy fines when one of these companies pushes too far or does something questionable. But ultimately, like the other Western approaches, it has proven pretty ineffective. In general, the fines were just considered the cost of doing business, and it's no real skin off their nose, the equivalent of a speeding ticket to the deep pockets of the biggest offenders. Since 2017, for example, the European authorities have demanded more than 8 billion euros in penalties from Google alone. And despite appeals, Google has had to pay the fines in part, but with no real hindrance to its growth, with an annual turnover increase of 37% in 2021. The new approach in Europe started in 2015 with the introduction of the General Data Protection Regulation, which established a legal platform for defining regulations and imposing sanctions, thus paving the way for the newly introduced Digital Markets Act. Having been in the works for a while now, November 1st, 2022, saw the European Parliament pass a new law with an overwhelming majority, this Digital Markets Act. The DMA, from here on out, together with the Digital Services Act, stands as one of the centrepieces of the greater European digital strategy, 
and will come into full effect as of the beginning of May next year. In theory, this law radically changes the way the Gamma GAFA gatekeepers operate. It should provide a fairer business environment for competitors and more security for those companies that depend on the larger gatekeepers' services. Innovators and startups will have new opportunities to compete and innovate in the digital space, and consumers should have more and theoretically better services to choose from. What makes this approach from the European Commission different is that antitrust enforcement, antitrust being the regulation of the concentration of economic power, is moving up a gear. In order to counter the large company's ability to simply shrug off a set fine for not complying with regulations, the DMA fine structure will be percentage-based somewhere between 6 and 20%, and that means that no matter how big and profitable you are, it's going to hurt and should give pause for thought over the way that they've been operating. In order to avoid these fines, companies will have to allow third parties to interoperate with their own services. They'll have to allow business users to access the data that they generate when operating within the gatekeeper, and they'll have to allow companies to advertise fairly on their platforms, including being allowed to carry out their own independent verification of those ads. Gatekeepers like Gamma will no longer be able to treat their products and services with priority or track end users outside of their own core platform for unconsented targeted advertising. It's no surprise to say that they aren't so thrilled with this development and have, predictably, announced vehement opposition to these laws. They argue that the new regulations are likely to hamper innovation and restrict consumer freedom. Ironically, as is often the case with bullies claiming the same victim status of those that they muscle around. Whatever the outcome of the inevitable legal battles, this is a significant regulatory turning point, and a logical one. After all, similar regulations already exist in the energy, banking and telecommunications sectors, so why should the digital markets be an exception? Freedom to innovate and consumer choice just doesn't truly exist in a market dominated by a handful of giants that have become omnipotent. Every consumer, every company and every citizen, in Europe at least, will benefit from the more open and fair system that's being crafted and its success will be closely monitored globally by other countries and markets also in need of a change to the status quo of the big corporations. And while that's all we have for you today on this particular special episode and topic of the Digital Distillery podcast, there's one more thing I'd like to mention. My colleague Ara Almada, who happens to be a sustainable development expert, and I have been hard at work behind the scenes putting together the first proper episode for our new show. It's called Green About Media, and keeping on trend, it's all about distilling the huge amount of information and misinformation surrounding sustainability in the corporate and specifically digital sector. This is a topic that's really personally important to me as an individual, as a parent, and just as a permanent resident here on this blue-green ball we call home. I wanted to understand more about all these things, all the issues and potential solutions that are currently happening in this space. And so with Ara's help, we're bringing all this knowledge together, summing it up and sharing it with you all. The show's called Green About Media, and you can find it wherever you found us here at the Digital Distillery Podcast. I'd love for you to go check it out, rate it, and subscribe if you like it, and tell me what you think. You can contact me on the usual channels, the Digital Distillery website, socials, or podcast at the-digital-distillery.com. I look forward to hearing from you. To close out the episode, I've put together a little clip from Green About Media so you can get an idea of what it's going to be like. Thanks for joining me, and I'll catch you on the next one.
environmental, social and governance, corporate social responsibility and sustainability. These are all terms that we've heard bounce around in the commercial and political space for years now. And it seems the more that they do, the more they collide, being used as covers or blame, the individual meaning gets muddled and murky, and this at a time when their importance and sheer magnitude of impact is reaching a crescendo. So what do these terms actually mean? What did they mean then and what do they mean now? What's the difference and why does it even matter? It's a great question. And the way to think about it is that sustainability is an overall concept, whereas ESG and CSR are terms used to describe specific business models. Sustainability today is kind of a slightly fluffy, trendy, even buzzword, I would say, because it's, um, it fits the narrative of our times. Everyone is talking about climate change and all everything that is happening. So it's kind of a word that's been thrown out there. But ESG and CSR are clear-cut corporate terms that nevertheless have sustainability embedded in their DNA. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Digital Distillery, and I hope you enjoyed that clip for Green About Media. If you want to hear more, you should go check it out. There'll be a new episode releasing Thursday every two weeks. As for the next episode of the Digital Distillery podcast, we'll be in Austria with the final speaker for the Vienna event, who personally ran the marketing campaign for one of the most successful political campaigns in modern German history. Bringing more than 50 years of marketing experience and insight to the stage, Thomas Koch is going to tell us about the secret to a winning media strategy. Until then, 